Welcome to the Garbanzo Beancast, episode 30. It took a little bit, but we finally hit the big 3-0. <clears throat> it's been, um, I think, f- oh god, it's been five years since this podcast started almost, and I'm only on track 30. Um, I'm definitely a little behind when it comes to time on the site and number of podcasts, but um, working my way through, I guess. And uh, I have a few questions from a few weeks ago that I need to answer, and uh, maybe a couple of little things that are in the site that I want to discuss. But uh, um, so I guess I'll just start with some of the basic stuff that has been going on. A couple of things that I have not commented on that. I'm sure everybody's forgotten, not everybody's forgotten about, but everybody's just like, yeah, whatever, that's old news. Um, one thing is uh, the Let's Bring Back Gorlab thread is back, and it's like, whatever, he's not coming back, so it's not really a big deal. Um, King is back, but because King's back, um, Mac decided to write a Thunderdome post about him regarding his potential multis and his this is very strange and I'm not sure I understand why he thought it was necessary to even have this in the first place Um, but King had a bunch of guys that he recruited he got some recruitment TPE and those guys lasted for a little bit but then they kind of just fell off the face of the earth somewhat around the time that King did Um, and he kind of wants to, or at least wanted at the time, to look and have HL look into his multi situation. And I feel like this is just like trying to start drama for no reason. And I don't understand why Mac did it. And this was, how long ago was this? This was uh, 10 days ago. So it's a little bit dated, but um, it, it just seems kind of dumb. Like maybe he had a multi, maybe he didn't. But King left. His player was basically useless, and then he retired. And so the recruitment TP that he earned meant nothing. It didn't amount to anything, so I don't understand why it really makes any difference. And I'm, I, it's just one of those moments where it's like people have to like feel like the Thunderdome is just where they're going to just air any kind of grievance and think that it'll amount to something. I, I don't understand why that came to be and then after that um there was a bit of a drama filled issue with regards to pen knight now for those of you who don't know pen knight is a unique flower in the sense that he oh i don't even know exactly how to just how to describe 
his contribution to the forms because he was very eccentric in the way that he expresses posts and opinions and he had some very weird comments like in my Beancast questions thread he was nice enough to ask some questions but then oh, what the hell was it he had like some weird questions like he saw I, I seen a king return or sighting just about 15 minutes ago your thoughts what does that even mean like it was just one of those weird it's just he's got some like I don't know exactly how to classify it because I don't know if there's anybody on the entire in the entire forums or community that I've ever seen before and then he gets in this little bit of a trouble because he had a sexist comment in discord and let's see if I can find the damn thing Again, this is going to be one of those where I don't have much of a outline, line, so there's, there's no uh, show prep for this one. Uh, where is it? Ah, here it is. Okay, so this is back on the 11th, so about nine days ago. Um, Pen Knight in Discord, I don't know exactly which server this was, he said, How the F did women invade hockey? I blame Batman. And then he said, and then Caltrite, Red Flames, um, asked for clarification, like, is this a legit question slash viewpoint of yours? And then he responded and said, yeah, I don't like women announcing sports in general. Sorry, you missed so many more comments that I made. should post them, too. I don't know what those comments were, but the I don't like women announcing sports in general was a an interesting take, to say the least. I think there was something a little bit worse um because i think he said something about how like he just doesn't he didn't like the fact that women were getting spots to talk hockey in the nhl and he thought about it would be need to be former nhl players or something like that and i don't particularly understand that mindset because uh, doc emmerich has done play-by-play for decades now and he has not played a single nhl game in his entire life I don't know if he played hockey in college or anything like that, but he is probably the biggest hockey nerd in the history of hockey nerds. And he's able to do play-by-play because he's smart and he understands the game. And that's and he's good with the microphone. I'm not a, a huge fan of Emmerich, but at least I understand like you know why he gets the job he does because he's incredibly smart and he understands what's going on and how to properly demonstrate his understanding the game in uh, real time so that's doesn't make any sense uh here it is um so he says that uh, i don't like women announcing sports in general and then hot dogs like actually women are good and then pen knight's like good for you but i don't like him talking sports yeah very very big oof and basically from if you were part of this Thunderdome, um, you understand where my I come from. But if you were not, I essentially agreed with the general sentiment that it was a very, very poorly made few statements. He also said, not at all. I just don't like hearing him call the games on TV. That doesn't mean they're not allowed to work in sports. Just turn off the TV or change the channel. Same way when I hear music, I don't change channel. Uh, it's kind of incoherent. Um... 
but he just got a lot of he got a lot of flack for it and some people were like oh i don't care why would you even uh you know give him crap for it it's not gonna change his mind and that's kind of one thing that I've, I've I've pushed back on a little bit in the in the forums is if somebody has this much of a issue, then what do you think that you know having a public lynching or so is going to do? And at the end of the day, it's it's not really about that. And I think that pushing back on these kinds of comments with gusto is important. So I don't have an issue with the way that people responded. And I think that he deserved to get, you know, immediately just given a ton of shit for it. But that's it. And I know there was a uh, Thunderdome after that at some point, which... see if I can find the damn thing here. Um, it was, like, almost that same day. 44 said that he... Uh, he said, I guess this shouldn't necessarily be in the Thunderdome, but you got to suspend Penn Knight's player. And I don't agree with that. I think... What he said was very stupid and definitely deserves ridicule, but I don't know how you suspend based on a rule. Like, there's no rule against that. So I don't know exactly what you can do to really suspend him, but I think that he definitely deserved to be knocked out a peg for it. And I know there was, I think it was J- Joe K who talked about how, well, you can't, you know, provide an opinion anymore without the social justice warriors or the PC police. I don't know if these are exact words. I think he said the SJW word um, at some point in his podcast, but like the whole point that he was trying to make was that, you know, you can't let, you know, maybe just let somebody have an opinion for once and not be so, oh my God, you're offending me. But it's like, it's not about being offended. It's about saying that, you know, Hey, we should probably not think of women as inferior to men and that women should be given a fair chance to get to the point where they can do an NHL game. Now, when it comes to the women who are being put in the NHL spotlight to do um, color commentary, I understand why that comes off as maybe not tokenism, but like a uh, pandering to a certain subset. But I also think it's good to have women be given that shot and at least given the experience because doing play-by-play is so much more than just that time in the game when you're actually on screen. There's a ton of prep that goes into it. I don't know if you are familiar at all with how this stuff goes, but no matter what the sport, there's always the um, need to figure out what players are playing, what their numbers are, what they look like, and understand where they're at, what their stats are, things like that. There's all these other things that go into it, and over the course of an 82-game season you got to keep yourself refreshed on that stuff. So there's show prep. You have to, you know, watch film. You have to, like, do all this stuff. And this is stuff that I've... I I don't know from experience. I just know from um, reading about it and hearing interviews and things like that. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Like, um, specifically with football, there was the uh, trouble with the snap play between Michigan and Michigan State a few years back. And if you're not familiar with it, just look up the... um, I guess it would be maybe it's the kick six Michigan Michigan State, but it's like trouble like the Michigan Michigan State trouble with the snap play, and in Michigan it's like an iconic moment because the punter messes with the snap, uh, fumbles the ball, Michigan State picks it up and then scores the game winning touchdown when Michigan all they had to do was punt the ball and stop Michigan State and they would have won the game, and the announcer 
who did the, the the call for it for the national broadcast mentioned that he gave a lot of credit to his quote-unquote spotter and they have somebody apparently at least in football i know specifically for football because they have so many players on the roster you have to make sure that you have somebody who's like oh that's who the guy is to make sure that they are not giving the wrong name out and so what they do is they have like a big um sheet on their desk while they're doing the play-by-play and they have somebody who basically points out what player has the ball or what player is being given the ball or what player is getting a penalty or whatever so that the announcer can just look down, see what the, where the finger's at, and say the name without having to look down, try to remember in their brain who it was. And it makes things a lot easier. And in this one, he gave a lot of credit to him because that the spotter pointed out the guy's name immediately. And so he didn't have any hesitation. He was just like, oh, it's uh, Jalen Walks Jackson. He's uh, coming down the field, and it's just, it's perfect. And that kind of stuff is important. And the further up you go, the more this stuff matters, which means the more that the people behind the scenes take into account, and the more stuff that they do to prep for the stuff. To me, because once you're on a national stage, everything has to go as right as humanly possible. And when you're a, if you're a woman in sports, you're not going to be given those opportunities nearly as much because women's sports aren't watched nearly as much as men's sports. That's just the way it is. And because of that, there's less of a... There's less money going into it, which means you have probably fewer people being employed to do these kinds of things. So that means that women might not be able to get these same kind of opportunities to at least even be a part of that process. So if we can get a woman or two involved in this, then that's great because they get involved in the process. They maybe call it, they do commentary for a game. They might be, they might fumble a little bit. They might do it, not do as well, but we see this all the time with like celebrities or people who are alumni who are involved and they, you know, either do color or whatever, and they at least get their feet wet. And I think that allowing a former player to do color commentary when they have absolutely no expertise like for the Red Wings, Chris Osgood does color commentary. He does not have a degree in anything as far as I'm aware. He's played hockey until he played hockey until he was what in his, his late thirties. So how is he more qualified than than a woman who probably has done more work in her career to get to this point? And that's what I find so offensive about those comments. Like, oh, I don't like hearing them. I don't think women should be doing this stuff. It's like there's many reasons why they should be doing it and why it's important because to tell me that half the population is incapable of doing as good a job or better of a job than the other half of the population just because they're women and they're not involved, you know, in the actual, like, sport that you see on the ice. I think that's just, that's short-sighted and it needs to be called out for what it is. And people who, who lurk and might have that opinion, if they get to hear those arguments and understand why people are responding so strongly against it, that's good. And maybe if it's even only one person who at least thinks about it, then that's a positive for me. And I think Penn Knight deserved to have, you know, some vitriol thrown his way because of that. I think the fact that he retired was is strange, and I but I don't feel remorse or I don't feel upset that he, that that happened because of him getting the the vitriol sent his way. He didn't have to do that. He could have said, "Hey, you know what? I understand where you're coming from." Or you could have said, like, he could have dug in, and, you know, people still would have been okay with him, I'm sure. At least some people, not everybody, but... 
the fact that he just he left, it's like uh, okay. I mean, that's that's strange, but good for him, I guess. And he posted like I think yesterday. So I don't know if he's coming back or what's going on, but that was the one thing that I had a major um, issue with, and that I wanted to talk about, just because of the fact that I it, that the, the opinions that are like not defending Pen Knight, but defending the fact that he, you know, should not have been ridiculed. I I don't particularly understand, and if someone could explain to me, that'd be fantastic because I I still don't get it. Now, as far as the SHL playoffs, we are. Oh boy, it's getting it's, it's going to be an interesting one because we might have a rematch of the season forty-six SHL playoffs because the Winnipeg or the Spectres are up three to two against the Winnipeg Jets and the Buffalo Stampede are going back to the final um, for the second time in three seasons. They are beating the West. They beat the West Kendall Platoon four games to one. So this could be interesting cause, and I don't know who I'm going to root for because I don't want the Spectres to win because I don't think an expansion team should win like three years from being, you know, born, I guess. But I also don't want Buffalo to win because they already won and I have issues with some of Buffalo's people um, because they do have some people who apparently have an extra grind at all times and anything that is like, oh, I'm not so hyped about Buffalo, it gets like some real interesting commentary and that's not everybody there's some guys that i like i think buffalo in general has good guys but i'm not sure who to root for um so i'm kind of rooting for the jets to come back here and maybe uh get to the finals and beat buffalo but i'm not sure um if i was to be a betting man i would probably root for i think buffalo probably has the best chance they have the deepest roster as far as i'm aware um and i think they've done a pretty good job in general. I mean, they had a close series against Tampa Bay, but they beat Toronto four to nothing. They beat West Kendall four to one. I mean, they're they're on a roll right now, so uh, they're definitely a team to look out for in these finals. And they, I'd, I'd say, they'd be the favorite against whoever comes out of the West, personally. But not too much there. Um, I was thinking about talking about the casino stuff, but I really do not have the time or the patience at the moment to concern myself with that so let's get to the questions this is going to be a short one but um you know not a big deal i'll just you know let everybody know that i'm still doing podcasts and <clears throat> hopefully i will get back on track and gonna get stuff a little bit better done with the show prep and doing this on our consistent basis but we will see um, so Infidel is the first one to ask questions and he asks what is one change to simon t you would make to improve it Simon T needs a little bit more variety in the terms of stats because right now we have a very limited set of stats that actually matter. Essentially, we have goals, assists, points, plus minus kind of hits, and block shots. And then for goalies, it's uh, save percentage and shutouts and wins. Not a lot. I think giveaways and takeaways need to be incorporated in some other version where goalies don't get completely screwed by the the system because that's the only reason why we don't have giveaways or takeaways i think we should have some kind of like time the offensive zone stats maybe some more advanced stats or at least the ability to do advanced stats i'm not sure what else we could have i mean maybe 
maybe they could implement Corsi or something else. I mean, I just, I'm not sure exactly with this kind of format what you could do without some kind of graphical um, component like the EHM or uh, Franchise Hockey Manager. Because those have, I think, a visual component where you can see where, where shots are going, where high danger shots are. And um, that would be a great way to get players to branch out a bit, potentially. Especially uh, considering we have that issue with build diversity, which has been a hot-button topic since I've been in the league. So if, if something like that could be added, then that'd be great. Then um, he asks, if you could join any team as a free agent right now, who would you choose and why oh boy I don't know um because I like LA um I would have enjoyed playing for the uh San Francisco Pride I like them um Minnesota I'd like to get them back to where they are um they're in a bit of a, a pickle right now Edmonton I like um Texas I don't have as much of an issue with anymore Winnipeg I don't have an issue with um, Wes Kendall will be fun to play with Bojo. I like Bojo. Bojo is basically like the purest guy on the site. Um, and uh, maybe Chicago. Those are probably the teams that I've, I feel the most like compelled to play for. Other teams, so that I don't like any of these other teams, they're just not like grabbing me as much. Some of it's rivalry. Some of it's um, issues with the team of teams I've had in the past. Um, others is somewhat jealousy. But yeah, I don't really have any ill will towards any of these teams so if you i didn't say your team then don't th- take it personally and i'm sure you, you don't care so whatever uh then infidel asks his last question what is more important a top tp goalie forward or defender um i will take goalie off the table immediately because goalies can be successful with like 800 tpe so that's really not a big deal um because they're they're going based on the old update scale so they don't need as many tpe to get to a max build and max build doesn't even matter with goaltenders. Goaltenders are so fickle. It's like, why even bother um, having them be um, built in the first place? Just make a you know a random slide or a random modifier or something like that because it really doesn't matter. Um, between forward and defense, as far as top TP, I think forward because forwards score more points in general. And I think that having a high-powered center um, would be more important overall than a defender. Like Garbanzo was arguably the best defenseman ever and he won a single challenge cup and he finished a minus like 18 on his career so even with him being you know so good compared to his comparables he just never really was able to get that team success that you see with a lot of the top tier forwards in the league uh but infidel thank you for the questions uh jay cortezi 81 cortezi 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 he asks, what do you th- currently think the biggest problem in the SHL is and what, what did you do to fix it? Um, I think when it comes to rules, some rules are applied arbitrarily. And I think there needs to be some kind of like all-encompassing don't be an asshole rule. This is something that I proposed actually when I applied for the HO. Um, I, I think there should be something that says like if you're trying to skirt the rules or if there's something that is we deem to be against the the spirit of the league and the, and the rules that we have now, then you get punished a certain amount. And there needs to be something like that. That way we at least don't have to have people in the head office providing reasons after the fact, like, oh, we think they broke this rule, but it's not technically against the rule, so we have to kind of find some loophole around it. And I think 
it would be a lot easier for it to be enforced, and I think people would try to be a douchebag less often around the site. And I do not like douchebags. Um, but thank you for the questions. Bonk asks, did your rookie season meet your expectations? Uh, yes and no. I think if you told me that I would be scoring um, 28 points or 29 points in the season, 12 goals and 29 points, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I would expect something like that. The fact that I had like a nine-game pointless streak and then finished the season with like six points in four games really bugs me because it seems like there was a little bit there that I could, like my player had the potential to do better and didn't. So um, I'm disappointed based on the way that it turned out in the end. Um, going from a game-to-game basis. How was your fourth? Uh, my fourth was good. We uh, went out on the lake. We had some had brewskis, played some games. Actually, we played Trivial Pursuit, and it's... Unfortunately, they don't make it anymore because actually it's kind of a fun game, but we played a Trivial Pursuit game from like 1980-something. And like the first question was, what two... Um, politicians from England and America are related by blood in some way and my I didn't know what the answer was and I just guessed FDR and uh, Winston Churchill and apparently that was the answer and that was basically all it was it was it was trivia from like the 40s the 30s and the 50s there was a section where it was like just uh, popular media and it asked about like movies that I had never heard of in my life and actors that I'd never heard of in my life. So it was like, we, we spent all this time to try to win the game. And at, the, at one point, we were just like, okay, we're going to give you like five chances to answer a question because it was so difficult. And uh, that was actually a fun game. Um, did barbecue and we did, you know, all the stuff that you do at 4th of July when you have a, a cottage up north. Or a cottage, you know, by a lake. And it was a lot of fun. It was uh, really nice weather, too. It wasn't too hot, wasn't too cold. Uh, we had one rainy day. We went to this place called Mackinac Island, which is a little island right off the uh, coast of uh, like Michigan, the Lower Peninsula of Michigan. It's right by the Mackinac Bridge. If you haven't heard of it, uh, take a picture of it, or not take a picture of it. Look it up on Google, and you'll kind of have an idea of uh, the environment that we were in. Um, Mackinac Island's fun because there's like places to eat. There's like a fort there, hotel. Like there's a bunch of kind of things like entertainment, and there's a, a bicycle path around the entire um, coast of the island, and it's like eight point two miles. And we did that, and that was like our first like big exercise bout together. And I actually got a shirt that I'm wearing now. Funny enough, is uh, it says biked it Mackinac Island, and it has the the number of miles on it, which is fun. Um, but we actually uh, took that. Vacation is kind of a wake-up call as far as us trying to get back into game shape because um, I am definitely not looking as good as I did back in even like high school or college. Like I've gained since my peak year in high school where I was like 175, I gained 50 pounds. So I'm like 225 now. I'm actually 222 at the moment. I lost a few pounds, but um, we're we bought Fitbits and we're trying to you know get back into game shape. And that was kind of the catalyst is that that bike ride because we. You know, took it as like, hey, this can actually be fun. We can feel fulfilled doing this, and you know, we're excited to, you know, start this new chapter. So, um, describe your favorite dessert. I mean, ice cream. 
that's um, ice cream is basically the, the dessert I, I, I enjoy the most. I don't eat it as much anymore, but um, there's actually a really good ice cream flavor, and I will look up the ingredients for it or what's in it. And uh, it's like the best ice cream ever. I'm sure there's like a different name for it, but um, because this is like the name of its local, it's called Mackinac Island Fudge. And let's see if I can find the damn recipe. Not the recipe, but um, I mean, it has fudge in it. It has, I think, caramel has peanut butter and it has... Um, chewy fudge piece, pieces swirled with butter fudge sauce and I think there's some caramel in it but it, it's so good it's like vanilla ice cream with just a bunch of stuff like little fixins in it and um, if you can find Mackinac Island fudge or anything similar to it then I would recommend getting it because I think it's actually really really good uh, but I'm not that like you know big on a lot of desserts I mean cake's good depending on the type of cake ice cream cake I like I like ice cream just ice cream's the fantastic But Bonk, thank you for the questions. Um, looking forward to hearing you and Slappy in the Big Slappy Hour, not just uh, you guys by yourselves. I mean, you guys are good by yourselves, but you guys are also like probably really, 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 really good. Not probably, but you are really, really good as a team. And you're the best uh, podcasting team in the SHL, if not the best podcast in the SHL. And so then we got Wasty, Wasty, Wasty. God damn it, I always forget this. He's my GM now. But uh, my GM asks, you've probably covered this many times, what are some of your favorite bands? Um, I don't really follow bands. I um, don't really like buy CDs or like get too focused on specific genres of music. I kind of follow whatever music that I hear and kind of follow a train of... Um, kind of music that's related to it I you know because I, I just don't follow that stuff anymore so there's probably a lot of music that I'm missing out on but I don't really have a favorite band I mentioned uh, Metallica was something I grew up with a lot that I mentioned when I when you asked me about my favorite albums uh, last podcast or two podcasts ago because they kind of got me started in like a metal genre which is big on when I was in my hockey career or not my hockey career but my hockey uh my competitive hockey time or just think of something a better way for me to frame that sentence I'm very uh, worn out mentally um, oh, what's another one I mean Eiffel 65 kind of was my jam when I was a kid I got the uh, Europop album like immediately when it came out and it was like the best thing ever I love Eiffel 65 <laughs> um I mean, yeah, I can't really think of much because, again, it's like it's specific songs that really gr grab me. I mean, um, Yellow Claw, which I'm not sure. I don't know if they're a band, but they're more of like a DJ group that they uh, collaborate with other artists. <clears throat> I mean, I'm trying to think of uh, songs that I've seen recently. Um, bad, Bad, Not Good. I don't know if they're popular or not, but I've been listening to them a little bit lately. Um, videos, 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 not much music. Um, 
Yeah, there's not much I can say about that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, not much of a, a audio file when it comes to that stuff. Uh, and you ask, what's your most memorable concert? And if you don't have one, which four bands would make up the ultimate concert for you? I've been to two um, artists' bands as far as, like, bands. I have went to a James Taylor concert when I was younger. I went to a James Taylor concert ad during college. Um, and then I went to a Muse concert a few years back with my now wife. Um, and the Muse concert was fantastic. That was one of the greatest times ever because of the way that they just they knew how to put on a show and they're I don't know if they're still on tour doing the um for their album the second law but um because that was a few years ago so they're probably not but it was it was amazing and it was a a lot of fun to be a part of that um as far as four bands will make up the ultimate concert for me um I would love to have a Metallica Eiffel 65 mashup. I think it'd be very hard to do, but I think there'd be a kind of cool way to do that. Um, yeah, I've, I got nothing, unfortunately. Um, I, unfortunately, I don't know if this is the right podcast for you, uh, Wasty, because <laughs> I don't quite... Um, I'm, I'm very... Uh, uninteresting when it comes to the things that you're like 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 I, I like I totally get liking music and stuff but unfortunately like I give you nothing I'm giving you nothing here and I apologize for that so I again you know thank you for listening but you really don't have to listen just because I'm I'm your uh, first round draft pick you cannot choose not to listen if you don't want if you prefer not to but thank you for the questions anyway um, Spartan Gibbles asks, obviously the McSee trade is a huge shocking point across the league over the past week with many believing many to be on the losing end. Yeah, it was. I know this is way back in Minnesota. Completely tanked in the at the end of the regular season. They, um, oh geez, what was the, the final tally after they acquired McSee? They... So Minnesota went 6-13-2 with McZee on the roster, and they were in a playoff spot, I think, when they got him, and then now they're way out. Um, I don't understand why they made the trade. They were a team that had many issues because they lost first-round draft picks. They lost um, their goaltender. They were a team that was not really that interesting to a lot of people, and they decided to trade, what was it, like three, two first-round draft picks? Three firsts and a second for God McZero. I don't understand how it happened, but it was a bad trade. It's one of the worst trades I've ever seen, and I don't know what's going to happen with Minnesota, especially since they lost one of their draft picks, if not two of them. So, and it... And it, since it blew up in their faces, and I'm sure McZee's not going to join the team next season, I'm sure he's going to go leave in free agency. It's just it it was it's a, a disastrous trade for the team, and I don't know how they're going to recover. It's going to be a long time, I think, before Minnesota's even close to respectability, and that sucks. As a former alum and somebody who was a, put my heart and soul into that team, as far as as a player, I, I loved Minnesota, and it kills me to see this kind of result. But I hope something... I mean, maybe I'll come back to Minnesota at some point and maybe I'll turn the ship around. I don't know, but... 
And then Gibbles asks, what do you think Mini needs to focus on? Winning a cup now or rebuilding around the younger core? Rebuilding. You can't try to win a cup now. Like, you've completely de- like destroyed your entire roster like for this. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Try to like sign a bunch of guys in free agency? You're going to trade? You don't have any first-round picks to trade. You're not going to make a contender with what you got right now. So you just need to like deal with the fact that you're going to suck for a bit, not have any first-round draft picks, and hope you can hit on a second-round pick or a third-round pick. And you know, once you get, start getting first-round picks again, then you can actually start to properly rebuild. But right now, that's trying to contend is a, a huge mistake, and it's just going to exacerbate the issues that you have currently. The next question is, what goes on your ideal pizza? Cheese, tomato, pepperoni. Maybe another kind of meat, like a sausage or beef. Ham, I'm not a big fan of. Not a fan of pineapple, not a fan of any lettuce, no anchovies. I'm very simple. Pizza does not have to be complicated. If somebody likes a complicated pizza, good on them. I'm not going to disparage them for it. I'm not going to be that person who's like, you put pineapples on your pizza? Are you crazy? I'm just going to be like, good for you. It's not for me. I'm a simple guy. Simple taste. And I don't get pizza that often, so I just kind of make it simple and just, you know, reminds me of childhood. And then Gibbles asks, who do you think the cup favorite is from each conference? This is a bit late because now we're basically in the finals and not much I can do there. But thank you, Spartan Gibbles, for the questions. CFJ asks, Argar, thought you might need some questions for the new Beancast. These questions will be mostly non-SHL related, but I'll include one SHL question in there. Thank you. CFJ asks, do you watch TV shows slash Netflix frequently? If so, what shows are you currently following? Um, this might sound like sacrilege, but I am actually watching The Sopranos for the first time. I, if, if you don't know, I'm Italian, and so things like The Godfather, Casino, um, like The Sopranos are a big part of Italian culture in America these days. That's basically all we have to go for, go for us is pizza, uh, spaghetti, uh, spicy meatballs, and mob shows. That's basically it. And Sopranos is one that I've never really followed. I know what happens to the finale, or at least what people interpret as the finale of the series. I know a few guys who die in the show, but um, I watched the first season at one point, and I just it didn't grab me, so I kind of like let left it alone for a bit. And so now I'm rewatching it. I'm watching that. I'm watching Rome, which is another HBO show, which came out back in like the early aughts. Um, fantastic show. It's only, it only ran for two seasons. They had budget issues, but it was like the precursor to Game of Thrones. It was almost like a primer, like, hey, you know, people might like this kind of stuff with the medieval stuff and politics and whatnot, and um, definitely recommend it. I uh, watch off and on Trailer Park Boys from Netflix, which is a fantastic show up to season six. Uh, the Wire, an HBO show that I watch off and on which I haven't watched in a little bit, but I definitely recommend it. Then there is Breaking Bad, um, a Netflix show, and formerly AMC. Um, another fantastic show, five great seasons. Other than that, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is an NBC show, which is also hilarious and fantastic. But that's about it as far as shows. So I got a little bit on my plate. I'm doing pretty good with that. 
Uh, and he asks, what are your thoughts on Disney making every animated movie into real-life versions of themselves? Do you think it takes away from the mystic of those these classics? I don't think it takes away from the mystic of the classics. The classic classics, regardless of how many uh, um, reboots there are that are made of them, um, I, I think they're money grabs, and I think it shows the cynical nature of capitalist businesses like Disney that are looking to find the best way to help their bottom line instead of create real art. Especially with the Lion King remake. The Lion King remake is a travesty. When you look at the animation of the original Lion King and the way that people emoted, at least the actors emoted for their characters and the way the characters actually emoted because it was a fake cartoon with fake lions that hung out with warthogs and meerkats, it... it the, and you compare it to this this, this hyper realistic CGI fest, and it makes no sense. It just it, it it takes away all the character out of it, and it's it's frustrating to watch. At least the clips and the trailers. I'm not going to see it, and I, I can't stand it. And the Latin one I heard was bad. Like they tried to f- replace Robin Williams' character with Will Smith, and I, I don't understand that. They have um, Little Mermaid, which might be interesting, because at least they're, like, doing a fresh take with having, like, you know, like, at least when you have a black character, at least you can provide a fresh take, and maybe it'll put, like, a black spin on it, which would be fantastic. The Mulan one I'm curious about, because I I feel like they, I think they are changing the story significantly for a live-action remake, because Mulan had, was, was good, but also had some parts where they could have, like, changed it up and made it a little bit better as far as, like, a more profound uh, film. But I'm not sure. We get, we're gonna have to wait for that one. But um, I, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm very critical and skeptical of the ability for Disney to make something that's actually an a, a legitimate art piece in a movie with the way that they're doing things, and I'm not a fan of it. Uh, last question: Which SHL team has the best future in the league, and which SHL do you? Th- team do you think needs to stockpile on prospects in the next few seasons uh, that one's a hard one um, I mean Buffalo still has a pretty good future even though like you know their their future is now um, Chicago could be you know pretty good soon depending on who they're, what they got um, that's, that's a hard question to ans- ask answer because I, I wish I did show prep I mean, Manhattan's got a pretty decent amount of guys in the pipeline that'll be, you know, good to go pretty soon here. Um, New England. Yeah, New England. I mean, New England's definitely stocking up for a contending team down the line. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys who look like they're decently active, if not very active. So I, I think without looking at the other ones, New England's a team I think is going to be on the rise here. Hard for me to say all the other ones because I didn't look. Um, but sorry, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but yeah, um, got a good decent amount of time in this. And uh, thank you for the questions, CFJ, and thank you for the questions, everybody else. I will probably be uploading this soon. But um, yeah, this is just kind of a me just shooting the shit here. Um, thank you for those of you who listen to the podcast. I will try to do my best to get a podcast in next week and actually like keep like to a week by week podcast schedule. No guarantees, but we'll see. Um, 
But, you know, in the meantime, you'll have to, to, to deal with uh, other podcasts. But uh, either way, we'll see you next time. Bye.